What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and we have a good one for you today, although it is a lot about baseball. So if you're not a baseball fan, unfortunately, you're probably going to become one after this episode, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, we're joined today with a couple guests in studio, uh, the studio being my, my kitchen table, uh, Joey Terry and Evan Smith. Thanks, guys, for coming on. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Jonathan. Yeah, so first off, big news, uh, the MLB, well, we'll get to everything in a bit, but the, the biggest news in my mind is there are talks of revamping the playoff system that the MLB has implemented. So essentially how it would work is instead of 10 teams, it would be ex- expanded to 14 teams. Uh, the top seeds in the AL and NL would get a buy, and each team would get to pick, so the two, three, four seeds would get to pick who they play amongst the five, six, seven. So essentially, the second seed would get the first pick. They could play any of those three teams. Third team would get between the two, and the fourth seed would get whoever is left. And that selection show would be on live TV. So initial thoughts, any of you guys that when it first came out that you uh, you had when, when this was announced? I'm going to be honest with you. As a baseball purist, I hate this idea to its core uh, and further solidifies that Rob Manfred as commissioner of baseball is an absolute joke. Uh, expanding it to as many teams as it is is just an absurd, absurd uh, philosophy to look, be looking at. It's almost like giving out participation trophies at this point. Mm-hmm. What's the point of being good if you can be probably the fourth best team in your division and still sneak into the playoffs? The Blue Jays, my favorite team, now have a legitimate shot at making the playoffs under a rule like this, even though they don't deserve to come anywhere close. Well, and and it gives it gives teams like you said, the Blue Jays and the Mariners, who would who normally wouldn't be sniffing the playoffs at eighty four wins, are now right in the thick of things. Uh, Joey, what what are your what are your thoughts? So there would be there would be seven seven teams, yeah, instead of fi- instead of five. Yes. So that means that. The Red Sox, who last year did not deserve to be in the playoffs at all, they would be the seventh seed, and the Indians would be the sixth seed. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there there could be there could be some interest in like picking on live TV, like the opponents, and it would get like people fired up, and the fan bases be like, "Oh, you want to play us because you think you can beat us? All right, we'll go out and beat you." But yeah, like like Evan said, it's just gonna like support mediocrity and then teams will be like, ah, oh, we can just sneak in as a seven seed and then our fans will be happy. Well, and the thing that, cause we were talking about this before, obviously like this is something that was announced, I think month was it Monday. I think it was last Monday. Um, and baseball is a sport unlike other sports because you're, you look at like NFL, you look at um, the NBA teams that are seven, eight seed in the, in the play or like five, six, seven, eight, like, they can win, but I don't think it, like let's take NFL for example. I don't think anyone in the AFC outside of who made the playoffs would have had a shot at winning a game. Because you look at who was on the like, I don't think the Steelers win, the Colts, the Raiders in the AFC, in the NFC maybe the Rams. You know, so it's uh, like they've got a good number, I'd say for for um, for the teams in the NBA. We were talking about it before. The one and two seeds are normally winning in four or five games almost every time. Yeah, but the MLB. I mean, it's a big enough, it's a long enough season that you could have a team that only wins 60 games that maybe wins, you know, a series in June against like the Dodgers or, or the Yankees or something like that. So, I mean, obviously 
not a baseball purist, I guess, if, if I have this point of view, but I, I think, I think it would create for more interesting series. I get, I get where you're coming from on the more interesting series aspect of it, but if you're going to want a more interesting series, my idea with this would be shorten the length of the season from 162 to more of like a 140 or so mm. and have a nice gap between the regular season and the playoffs to get all of your stars healthy. Let's look at the Yankees from last year, missing a bunch of big names, no Giancarlo Stanton, uh, missing pitchers left and right. It mm. just becomes a mess at the postseason because everyone's dealing with injuries. Uh, baseball is, you know, not really looked at as a heavy hitting, hard contact sport like uh, like football or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you'll see all these pitchers go down. Oh, elbow sprain here, uh, tweaked my hamstring here, and it just becomes a mess. And all of a sudden, in October, in the biggest situations, you're having Trent Grisham, a rookie for the Brewers, making the most crucial uh, air of the season and knocking the Brewers out of the playoffs. Uh, to the eventual champion Washington Nationals. So maybe just something along those lines gets the job done here. Mm-hmm. I just think that expanding it as much as it is, it's too drastic of a change for it to work uh, how Manfred is thinking. And how well, how uh, effective or how beneficial would that like that by, by, basically by week be for the top seat? Because, I mean, baseball is not really, like you said, it's not a contact sport. Like, there are injuries, but if we're talking in regard to like the NBA and the NFL, it's a lot less um, like prevalent, you know, it's, it, it doesn't happen, you know, it will happen, but you're, you're not going out and, and hitting guys, you know, every day or, or running up and down. Like it's a very, like very easy sport to play. I guess you could say from an endurance perspective. So how, how effective will it be for these top seeds if they eventually roll out with this? I honestly think it would hurt them because baseball as much as it is, as it is a, a sprint, it is it's a marathon as well. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you if you kind of get out of your rhythm of like going along in the season, and then you take like a week or a week and a half off, and then you have to come back and then get into the groove again, I feel like as much rest as you would get, I feel like you would get a lot more rust. Yeah, rest versus rust. Yeah, transferring from the NFL to the MLB. Yeah, and so then it would just be like the team that like just came off a big series win they would be they would be probably healthy but they would also have a lot of momentum on their side Mm -hmm. which is kind of what you saw with the the nationals and the dodgers this last season is like the the dodgers got the bye at the beginning but the washington the nationals came came off a like big win against the brewers the comeback win in the bottom of the eighth inning so they had all the momentum and the dodgers were just trying to play catch up just to keep up with them well, and they're also in a unique perspective where they had four legit MLB starting pitchers. Yeah, that, where, that helped. Whereas, like, other teams that maybe, you know, will be able to sneak in and maybe have an ace but don't have that deep of a rotation makes it a little tougher to um, to, to keep it alive. But, Evan, I know we were talking about it. You had an idea that we could maybe implement during the All-Star break that would make things more exciting that the, the NBA introduced that you think would, would work better in the MLB. Do you want to? Talk right. about that a little so bit. the NBA introduced uh, their kind of new thoughts about new ruling with an in-season tournament. I think that's a really good idea for baseball. Uh, maybe even shorten the innings of the games. Maybe make it a seven-inning game all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Uh, really ramp it up. In those middle of the season, uh, I know viewership drops a lot for MLB, and I think that's something that they need to worry about a lot. Uh, and by making a little in-season tournament, suddenly you now have. Uh, an automatic bid for the winner in each league gets into the playoffs mm-hmm. and then just have the rest of the regular season play out as normal. 
you can probably slot this in somewhere near the All-Star game, maybe a little bit before, uh, just in case you don't have to deal with those injuries. Yeah. Uh, and I think it would just add a little element of surprise because a lot of times early in the season, there's going to be teams that are hot that end up fading really fast. Uh, the Mariners, for instance, one of those teams <laughs> stuck in me- mediocrity for the past 20 years, mm. started off the season on like a absolute tear, uh, tearing apart the Red Sox at home. No one saw that coming at all. And then... Yeah, they didn't recover. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, starting off on that absolute tear, and then all of a sudden you look back, hi, how are those Mariners doing? And about mm, mid-May, and suddenly uh, they're back in the dumpster fire that they were to begin with. Yeah. So it could enter up with, like, a little surprise team in there that just kind of throws a wrench into everything, which mm-hmm. I think would be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's true. Especially, I mean, in July and August, there's no other sports. Like, all we can do is, like, NFL players haven't even reported for training camp. Mm-hmm. Like, all we can really do is like think about football and that's the only thing close to sports that we have in those two months like it's a very like dry time it's you know the nba free agency and like players eventually reporting for camp in the nfl um yeah not a terrible idea but um long term is this something like what do you think brought about this change between or with the mlb trying to to revamp their playoffs i honestly just think they're trying to just get some positive um public uh, like pr mm-hmm. uh when they have all this negative pr going on in their off season with the astros and the red sox like scandals the astros confirmed scandal and the red sox alleged scandal mm-hmm. that's good thank you for putting that in there yeah He's alleged yeah they haven't been confirmed as as cheaters yet the astros have innocent till proven guilty that's right yeah um i honestly think that like evan said manfred's just kind of He's just kind of doing whatever. He really doesn't know what's going on. And so he was like, hey, this sounds like a great idea. Let's let's try this and see what people think. Um, I mean, it could maybe work, but I don't I don't see how long-term it would be, like, beneficial. Like, how it would be any different than, like, kind of the madness that is going on right now in the MLB playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it does spice things up, but it still leaves, it still leaves the question of, like, it only gets people excited in September and October. Like, that's about the only times that it makes a difference. But, I mean, I, like you, you were talking before, Evan, the big problem is what are you doing for the whole 162-game season that keeps teams invested? Uh, did you have any any thoughts? I mean, uh, I know Trevor Bauer has been talking about this a lot, just trying to get fans more involved. Uh, I mean, their social media is good but not great. It's nowhere on uh, the level of NFL and NBA. Uh, you look on Twitter, uh, video of Mike Trout hitting a home run is only going to have hundred thousand views where lebron james's dunk is going to have a hundred million views Mm. so i think they're focusing on the wrong thing trying to get media attention like this uh when really they could uh start tinkering with the smaller things a little bit uh and really find that consistency that they're looking for or just uh shortening the 162 game grueling season i mean even as a baseball fan for me that's a lot and i can't keep track of that Mm. at all uh compared to you know a 16 17 week nfl schedule yeah uh, that makes everything much more streamlined so i think cutting that down and giving more breaks is going to help uh player health and at the same time that's going to help uh mlb's you know social interaction with their fans yeah and the one thing that um the mlb or the nba does is they allow people to use their videos like you like anyone can go out there and and take a video from lebron james dunking and put it on their page people can retweet it use it the mlb's a big stickler about like what how their media is used and i feel like that it's also really stunting the growth of the game because it's a lot easier for nba fan pages to pop up 
you know, here and there because they, they have so much easier access to the information. But yeah, definitely a systemic problem from the top down. Um, but the MLBs dominated February. I'd say so, like as far as the media cycle, because as much as the MLB can as much, dominate. Yeah, yeah, month, exactly. Yeah. Like I'm not saying like I'm not saying NBA like like NBA levels of domination, but I'm mm-hmm. talking about like think about last year at this time. Was anyone thinking about baseball? Not that I can think of. So they're by only, they're only talking about how Bryce Harper and Manny hadn't signed yet. Yeah, the the biggest. Yeah. yeah, the biggest. This is probably the most anyone's ever talked about MLB like in the first two weeks of February since yeah. like. Probably 1970, at I'd, least. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. So transitioning here, one of the big reasons why is because of this Astro scandal. So Rob Manfred, I think today, came out with an interview with Carl Ravitch talking about the whole situation. Uh, and to basically summarize, he said that he believed the backlash on uh, social media was a good punishment for the Astros. The, the classic, like, let them think about what they've done, you know, put them on timeout the like 10 year old timeout yeah but yeah <laughs> uh or and he was also saying that he's not 100 percent sure that they didn't use buzzers so he basically just helped fuel that oh conspiracy goodness. theory um a, a little bit more and i'm didn't, trying to think didn't the report say that they only cheated in 2017 well he said he, they're, he's not sure well this is manford in the interview said well if they were honest about 2017 i don't see why they'd have to lie about 2019 seems very seems very suspicious i would say like yeah. if, if you cheat once like yeah. what's stopping you from cheating again especially when you haven't gotten caught exactly and the theories about why jose altuve didn't want his shirt ripped off are a little suspicious yeah my favorite quote was like gary sanchez i don't know if you guys saw it but he said he said if i hit a walk-off home run in the alcs like they can everyone can rip everything off me like they can rip all my my shirt my shirt my pants everything well did you see carlos correa said that uh, Jose Altuve apparently has an unfinished tattoo on his chest, and that's why he didn't want it ripped off. Interesting. Well, he said he said he was self conscious. Yeah. Because uh, or or his wife his wife his wife didn't, didn't oh, want yeah, his, his wife didn't want his, his shirt ripped. But then if you look at his Instagram page, he has shirtless beach photos on there. So very interesting. The internet is very interesting. Internet always wins. Yeah, the internet is undefeated. I mean, well, we talked about it a couple weeks ago with with June Lee from ESPN. He came on and talked about how people on Twitter doing their own research really put together a more thorough investigation than the entire MLB did. Um, oh, that was the other thing. Manfred said they were aware of it before it was brought up before mm-hmm. the, ath- the interview on the athletic with Mike fires. But I mean, where does the M- MLB go from this? Like, obviously there's concerns now of Astros players getting beaned every time they walk up to the plate. I mean, I can understand there's massive frustration and it seems like the MLB like the players aren't hurt from this at all. Like there's no slap on the wrist. There's no salary cap restriction that would have, you know, maybe hindered their their ability to cash out. But where, I mean, they gave such a weak punishment. Where what can the MLB do to make sure that the Astros are like not a, basically attacked this year on the baseball field? Well, I think they've missed their mark already. I mean, they had a chance to really punish the Astros and put this entire thing behind them, but Rob Manfred just gave them. Uh, a nice polite spank yeah and then said all right you've learned enough yeah all right don't do this again yeah we'll, we'll talk we'll let talk him again yeah. sometime later yeah the, he let him he let him uh sit in there well that's what happened when i was when i was younger you'd get on timeout and you'd have to think about what you've done oh yeah and the astros had time to think about what they've done and none of them are sorry like yep. they had uh, time to think about what they did and write a good response but then they decided to just goof off in that time they had yeah to exactly like just play play a game in their room while yep. they waited or something like that so didn't make the most of their time 
but yeah, this is something that we probably won't hear the end of. I mean, I saw a PFT commenter tweeted out. He said that uh, it's now our duty as MLB fans to harass the Astros on Twitter as much as we possibly can because as Manfred said, the backlash that we're giving them is punishment enough, so we need to make it well worth it, I guess. Yeah. That's that's the thing. They like they're probably going to get beaned at least one time by every team per uh, during the season. Yeah, and well, and that's the thing is like people don't realize guys have lost their job over this. Yeah. Like starting pitchers, you Darvish probably made a lot less money than he could have otherwise yeah. because of that 2016 uh World Series. I mean, he said it himself. He said I didn't pitch well either. But it's like the psychological toll that it takes because, I mean, happened with the Yankees. They're saying like, oh, Severino's tipping his pitches. And it's like then you, you start to doubt like, huh, is he really like you, you have to go through your whole process again. And like, am I doing something wrong? But it's like the fact that they're able to know what signs are coming makes it a thousand times tougher because it's already a psychological game. Like that's what's so interesting about it. But if you do something to mess with that process, then it just totally uh, turns everything on its head. Silver lining in this, baseball finally has a big villain that they can market against. That's right, yeah. Yeah, because they, they tried really hard to make the Yankees the villain. But I think the Yankees are still villains to they, a degree. Yeah, they but are. now re- that the relatively. Astros have done something actually wrong mm. that has been proven, Yeah, I think they now take the mantle of being the big bad villains yeah. in baseball. It is tough for, for those purest Yankee fans that like being the villain. You know, know. Like, like being the evil empire. Oh. Like, they can't. They're basically, they've become the good guys now, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Um, but I, I think it was bound to happen, too, eventually. Like, I, I forget who, somebody was talking about it with um, the Chiefs. It's like, everyone's excited that they, like, I, there's not many people that are like, man, I hate the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But they go to the Super Bowl next year and win it, people are going to turn pretty fast. Oh, like, yeah. they're, you know, so I think regardless, people were going to turn on the Astros and not like them. But this is like, this expedited the process to, like, the extreme at this point i mean the astros are a world series went away from becoming the patriots of baseball really yeah i mean honestly cheating scandals successful team i mean really and the star power that they have yeah i mean it could turn ugly quick yeah definitely that's that's a good point that'll be something to look out for uh in in the the coming this coming season and with all the the villain stuff they're not helping themselves out at all with the pr i've been seeing all over into it all over twitter how like um people are like uh, in a couple of years, we're going to be teaching a class on how not to uh, deal with a PR crisis, and we're going to use the Astros as an example, because when they came in with their spring training uh, opening day like uh, interview or press conference, the uh, owner Jim Crane was giving his like opening remarks, and he said. Um, we were a good team, so I don't think that this actually impacted the uh, the game. And then a guy asked him a question like probably 30 seconds later, and he's like, well, I never said it didn't impact the game. And so it's just like, well, oh, man. What, which one is it? Did it impact the game or did it not? Yeah, no, that's just crazy. Like the whole situation, it's not – it's it's unlike something like anything we've really seen. Because look, take the Patriots, for example. Like taping practices, like that's a – that gives you an advantage, sure, but if I can know as a as a hitter that I'm getting a fastball, like or I'm getting a, a slider or I'm getting a curveball, like that is, that's that's essentially saying like telling you know the other team, hey, this is you know we're we're basically gonna pass the ball to to this guy right here at this point in the route, like that's, yeah, and he he's running a curl route, yeah, exactly, know, just, so, just so you're ready, yeah, exactly, like 
I, I'm I was str- I was trying to come up with a really good comparison like earlier, but I can't really think. There's not really there's not really a good comparison. Like this is an is an an advantage that we like you don't really get in other sports. Like it's kind of just because it is such like a psychological like almost guessing game. But if you take away the guessing, it becomes a heck of a lot easier. And I honestly think that it's not even like like the Astros. Yes, it's their fault. But I honestly think you could put the blame on Major League Baseball because as teams were able to use technology like they in their home ballparks they have technology that they can use that's not available to the away team so if you think about it when you allow that and you don't put restrictions on it and Mm -hmm. then be like okay you can't be using this real time like if you have a camera out there like who's stopping you from using the real-time data exactly and so it's like they should have been they should have been aware of this but since they're kind of still in their like archaic days where it's like oh it's just baseball it's just it's always been so it'll always be the same way then they're the ones that were kind of naive in the process to be like oh them using cameras that's not going to affect the game at all and so then you end up with this and then then when they don't even give a harsh penalty then it's like well well, it's stopping more teams from doing it yeah no it really is i mean if if there's reports that come out that the mlb did actually have credible information about it and still didn't do anything like it's there's a strong case for negligence on their part and just I, I mean I don't really know I, I mean I mean Manfred has something to do with it but I'm sure he's not like the only one responsible but this is a it's a bad look for, like you said it is a bad look for for MLB as well as the Houston Astros especially if they can prove that the MLB did know about it yeah because I, I don't I really don't know what's worse though like unknowingly allowing the Astros to do this for two years ago before you finally found out or knowing about it and not doing anything to stop it uh, so yeah, that's that's enough baseball talk, I guess. Unless you guys have any other uh, any other thoughts, okay. So we'll we'll move on here. Uh, I mean, the, we already talked about the Mookie Betts trade, right? Yeah, we did. We okay. talked about that. I mean, do you have any extra? I mean, it's just it officially it's, went through. Yeah, it officially went through. So it's I I like I've been listening to the uh, Section Ten podcast on from Barstool Sports. It's a the Red Sox part podcast with Jared Carabas, and I he's he's starting a movement of the the. What is it called? Pay Mookie in 2021. So it's like it's like give give Mookie the money in 2021. So I'll just I'll just stick on that bandwagon for now until he signs with somebody else next offseason. Then I'll then the trade yeah, will fully really, sink in then and it'll be really like, over. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's good though. That I mean you know some teams when they get rid of a guy they don't really have a, a hope that he's coming back. So yeah. you can get him back. That's not a not a bad gig at all. Not bad. Um. So I want to talk about the. This uh, Saturday night, All Star um, <laughs> Slam Dunk and Skills Challenge. Now, most people are really upset over Aaron Gordon getting robbed. Which, granted, yes, I I agree 100%. We'll get into that. But there's something much more egregious that happened um, that people aren't really aware of and people aren't talking about. Man, what during could that the, be? During the semifinals of the Skills Challenge, it was Jason Tatum versus uh, Domitas Sabonis. So they both they they both go through the course and and they're heading towards the uh, layup. Uh, Sabonis dunks it. The ball rolls away from him. You can see if you want. There's a video on Twitter. You can find it um, where the ball rolls away to the right, and he should be going to get it as Jason Tatum's making his layup. So instead of running to go get it, because you can clearly see it goes off the screen to the right, he starts on the break on the other side to shoot the three point shot. And someone passes in the ball mid-stride. And that led him to getting one more shot than Jason Tatum did at the three-point line, which led to him defeating Jason Tatum. 
So this is kind of a big deal. I mean, this is really something that you would think would be getting more attention um, than than the uh, this whole dunk contest thing because it's very arbitrary. Judging points like that whole thing is very like you know it's very iffy. But you can't you can't beat a timer. Like you can't you can't go against that. Like this is hard hard evidence that proves that Jason Tatum should have at least been given a spot in the final. Um, so very, I'm very upset. I yeah. can't believe this. We it's, we it's can insane. tell. But uh, Sabonis Sabonis forgot he was playing a one man one man game. He thought that he was just in a regular basketball game. I think that was the problem. Yeah, he out. was like he was like, hey hey, I'm going on the fast break. I'm gonna lead the charge. But he forgot that he was uh, playing playing by himself. Pretty pretty crazy. Which I guess we can't really fault him for that. But absolutely insane. Uh, but yeah, obviously not many people are gonna be too concerned over this even though it really is a big deal um but this dunk contest was something that that uh did have people up in arms on twitter over um i don't know your your thoughts on before we move to the dunk oh, okay, contest okay. i'm i'm looking at the video okay. of tatum and we're looking, sabonis we're running the tape it almost looks like tatum kicks it no but he's going a little bit. for the layup i let me pull it up. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think that might be incidental. That's that's na- that, I think that's natural. That's gonna happen. Maybe maybe the players that were or the people that were on the sidelines saw that and they were like, all right, we're gonna help this guy out. We'll pass him the ball. I don't know. It's but it's kind of like you know when you play bump, and yeah. you yeah. and you you accidentally like hit a ball with your knee. That's true. That's like true. you you have to. It's the unwritten rules. Yeah, exactly. Like you you still have to go get your ball. You can't just you can't just not. Uh, but yeah, no. I don't know. Very. The only thing to um, the only thing to defend Sabonis is that Tatum Tatum was not looking like he was trying very hard. Like we're we're watching it here, and he just kind of he's just kind of jogging. He's just kind of taking his time. Yeah, but but still, I mean, you know, he's the he's the reigning champ. Like he's got to be. Why does Sabonis go for the dunk in the first place anyway? I don't know. That's there's that, a good question. That's a big. For you. That's a massive no-no from anybody who's ever done the oh, skills yeah. challenge. It's a layup every time because the dunk takes too much time. It's you know you could lose the ball like he did there. Like there's just so <laughs> many so many variables that that you can get punished for his foolish act. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Is this negligence on the part of the NBA All Star skills staff? <laughs> I'm well, just, I'm just I, saying. I'm gonna guess that they didn't go through proper training uh, about yeah, how to honestly, inbounds I'm, it if a player is to dunk. Yeah, I just, up. yeah, I, I, I really don't know. Like, I think, I think the thing is, if he had won the skills challenge, I think there would be a bigger case. But since Bam Adebayo beat him in the finals, then it's not as big of a deal. But is there he, a reward for winning this? I skills think so. Challenge? I think it's either got, money or a car. A nice trophy. You got a trophy. Yeah, it's, it's money trophy. or a car. Okay, then that's that's worth complaining. About, yeah, well, no, you, maybe Adam Silver takes the Rob Manfred apo- approach where it's like, oh, it's just a piece of metal. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Matter. There you what go, Adam. Gonna, what are we gonna take it back? Like, <laughs> no, is no, it... no, let's not compare Adam Silver to Rob Manfred. No, no, I'm just saying. That, I'm, I'm not saying he would. I'm just saying he could take that yeah, approach. You know? Yeah, there you go. But... <clears throat> yeah. So, but okay, the dunk contest. So it goes off of his shin, and it should have gone into Sabonis's hands. He biffs it. And then he asked for the pass. Uh, Interesting. Okay. So I think we can put the blame back onto Sabonis. I think I think Sabonis. So, so it did go. Defi- so it did go into Sabonis his hands. is definitely fully in the wrong. Here. Okay. Yeah. Good. That's that's what we like to hear. Um, so yeah, dunk contest. I'm be honest with you. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. had the best dunk, in my opinion. The between the legs over two people, like that's the fair. way he caught it, yes. like by far. That's that in my opinion. That's the top dunk. Yeah. But 
if if we're looking like best body of work is Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Is it without like, a doubt? Yeah, what he was able like the uh his dunk over chance was really nice. Oh yeah. The the little windmill off the backboard or yeah. 360 off the backboard, mm-hmm. which is kind of a windmill as well. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Sort of. And oh man, the dunk over Taco Fall. Like this is the thing that gets me is people are saying that that um he, he didn't he didn't clear him yeah. like he had to like he kind of hit his head a little yeah, bit. But Taco Fall 7'5". Seven seven five. Five. Like, you could get, like, <coughs> who else? What, who's another big? You get Bam out of bio out there? Yeah. He'd clear Bam. Mm-hmm. Pat, Pat Connaughton cleared, or basically cleared Giannis. Yeah, that was good. A little, and then a, cool. a little knock that, off the backboard, yeah, too. I, like I didn't think he was, I didn't think he was going to, he had a chance to win, but he had, I knew he could jump. It was impressive. He had, he had one, he had one good one. Which, I, I, that might be more than Dwight Howard could say. Yeah, his. What did Dwight do? It's like, well, he had that one Superman dunk. Well, Dwight Howard's more for show and like nostalgia, bringing yeah, it back. Yeah, well, and as thing. a Kobe tribute, the, which was really nice. The yeah, no, the Kobe the Kobe tribute was really good. But big men in the dunk contest like are obsolete. Mm-hmm. You need guys that are six eight that have that kind of bounce. Because you look at it, who was Andre Drummond a couple years ago? He got knocked in the first round. His yep. dunk was like Steve Nash did the little rainbow up to him, the rainbow alley oop oh, that yeah. he dunked. But that was cooler than the dunk itself. Like yeah. it's it's Steve not Nash it's not Steve Nash Steve. competing in the dunk contest as Andre Drummond. Yeah. So, I mean, next year if like they they've never had a full solid four. I think that was that's been the issue. That's always been a big problem. And now at the end of it, Aaron Gordon announced that he's probably done with the dunk contest after being robbed like that. I mean, he should have two trophies. He was right when he said he should have two yeah. trophies. I'm I, w- well, I was telling you this before. I think. I'm more upset about the 2016 dunk contest than, mm-hmm. than this one because we were talking about the dunk over the mascot behind, like between the legs, yeah. like, and then he timed that one 360 um, when he was on the hover, when the mascot was on the hoverboard. Like, yeah. he had, some, like, that was really cool. No, no dunk contest had made me say, wow, like that one. Mm-hmm. Like, everything up, and that kind of sucks because, you know, you're really limited in, like, how much more can you do? I mean, we see guys online doing these crazy dunks but they're not like that much further above what these nba players are able to do so there's I think the whole problem with the dunk contest is that a lot of these names aren't very noticeable mm-hmm. Derek jones jr he gets what four minutes a game yeah something tops like that, with the maybe. heat uh aaron gordon is the only player i think who gets like some real time uh, dwight howard you yeah, could argue he's, he gets about there. 20 or so but yeah i mean still you, I'd much rather have Dwight Howard 11 years ago. Oh, definitely. Like the, like I'd take that over anything. And then, yeah, Aaron Gordon gets all minutes. Pat Conton's, what, 15 minutes maybe? Yeah, it's it's rough. I think if you had a more, you know. I think he might be a role. Like he might get oh. 20, 22. Oh, really? Okay, maybe. More. Oh, I know he's off I know he's off the bench. He's like third or fourth right. guy. Um, but I'm saying here is, you know, if you had Giannis, uh, you could put Aaron Gordon back in it. Uh, you know, you throw some wild card in there that you haven't really seen. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, an AD or something like that. Suddenly, well, you get a bunch of here's, more. Here's intense. my here's my dream for, and it's not. Okay. It doesn't necessarily go along with what you were saying about like. So it's got a few stars, but okay. if we go Hamidou Diallo, okay, he was in there a couple years ago. He's got some bounce. Derek bounce. Jones Jr. He can come back. Okay. He's he's played really well, and then Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. So Aaron Gordon can go against the two guys that snubbed him of trophies. Um, and then Diallo, Diallo could like he really does have some bounce. Like I think he was in last year, he did or a couple years ago it maybe. Was a, I think two years ago. Yeah, I think did he win? He might have won it actually. I'm trying to remember. I have to look, but he yeah he's got a lot of bounce. Um, 
And the thing is with, with judging, especially 50s are given out too commonly now. Like 50s are just like, it's too easy now. Like, yeah. uh, Dwight Howard got a 49 on his dunk. It was like an, it was basically an alley-oop that he came over the top and dunked on, which is what guys do on the regular yeah. in season. That's what, yeah, that's what you do in game. That's so not... my proposal, uh, you know, we can have whatever for honestly, but sure. We'll have the judges for the first round, but the final, the final two, we get to see both dunks and then we're given five minutes, right? Five minutes after these dunks. Cause obviously if some people are streaming it, it'll be like 30 seconds behind, but we get five minutes. We can go on Twitter or they can make an app. I'm sure they can do that too, where we get to vote on our favorite dunk between the la- the final round. They get one dunk to wow us and whoever gets the most votes wins. I think that's the best way to do it because now you can say, like it doesn't put it on the back of D Wade, Chauncey Billups, Common, like all you know, all those guys, because apparently they were trying to make it a tie, but it didn't work out. I think D Wade's the one that yeah, that that's what they're saying. He 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 did it wrong. I saw I saw a video based on that, and it's like, um, who was I think it was Chadwick Bozeman mm-hmm. was a judge. He put his head down, and then um, Scotty Pippen like looked around he was like who messed up because i guess they were the two that wanted the nine mm-hmm. and then common does the death stare at d wade right next oh, to him shoot and and the d wade's just kind of looking looking around you know because he's like i know what i just did yeah and because you know he did his, his he got his guy the the title my my favorite part actually about this whole thing was um the nba took a clip of Giannis saying like looking like shocked and they were saying, and they captioned the photo or they captioned the video, Giannis amazed at like the dunk or whatever it was. But that clip was taken after Aaron Gordon got a 47. And if you watch the whole, like if you, like I saw it later, you watch the whole thing. He said, that's not right. Yeah. Because he couldn't believe that Aaron Gordon didn't get a 48, at least a 48. Like yeah. you're going to give him a 50 for all those. And he dunks over the tallest guy in the NBA, yeah. 47. And Dwight Howard's alley-oop gets a 49. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's what, that's yeah. crazy. It's insane. But I think that's the best way to fix it, honestly. If you let the people vote, and sure, get your celebrity judges, do that sort of thing. But the last one, like, leave it up to the people. The only, the only problem that that could arise is if you have a really popular player against a guy that's a potentially a better dunker. But like, I, like say, you had Zion. In the dunk contest in the final, then it would be like, okay, everybody's probably going to vote for Zion. But I guarantee if somebody pulls out a dunk like Aaron Gordon, like what Aaron Gordon had last year or uh, three, four years ago, whatever it was, if someone can do something like that, people are going to vote. Like that's true. For yeah. the most part, you're going to get, you're, you're going to get it right. But yeah, I don't know. I like I would rather leave it up to the mass majority of people than who you know just just a panel of six guys that throw up 50s like nothing mm-hmm. you know so yeah i'm trying to think it's kind of a slow slow uh, week right now not a lot of happening in in the sports world other than i mean you know it was bad when baseball was our lead our lead topic <laughs> that's that's for sure oh, a slow man. week yeah um but yeah over the next few weeks we're gonna get a couple a couple more interviews start doing some nfl mock drafts with some some really smart guys, guys that know a, a lot about uh, scouting and, and football and that sort of thing. But I don't want to end it unless you guys, unless is there is there more to talk about? I'm genuinely trying to think. We, the only thing I can think of is defenders are now two and zero, but 
Oh well, sure we can have. But a little, I I can't give you any more insight ex- based XFL on that. Segment. I I really think based off of just like what I've seen that the defenders are far and away the best team in the XFL. Like I you know there I think there are teams that are going to give them a run for their money in in a couple games, but right now through two seasons like I feel very two, two games two games I feel very safe saying that the defenders are the best team in the XFL just because you look at it I mean sure you can you can you can look at whatever defense whatever but they have probably the best quarterback in Cardell Jones yeah, like he I makes agree. he's he's out of you can tell he's out of practice he, I mean he's very young in regards to like football knowledge um but he makes some throws that make you say wow like he's still got it he's still very athletic and they have a really good offensive line like that's the the combination because skill guys you you know there's enough athletes out there that they can get open receivers running backs can make plays mm-hmm. but the two the two positions that i would say you really need are o-line and quarterback yeah dc defenders maybe have the best of both the only thing they need is uh Mr. 35, but I think that's they, right. can, they once, can live yeah, without. Once they get PFT commenter, then that's when that's when I go to the sports book and lay, da- lay it all down for the defenders. To You're win telling the me that Landry Jones, uh, just pure athleticism, mm. tripping over his own feet, is allowed in the XFL. Oh, that's that yeah, that's and, Landry Jones. And PFT can hit a 35-yarder 90, with 90% accuracy of the time. 90% of the time, and he's not in it? Uh, Come on. Yeah, well, you guys can you guys can check out my Twitter. I posted the video of him just like trying to run. There was another video of him. He actually got a first down. He got ten yards on the scramble, but uh, it was the oh, it was the ugliest ten yards I've ever seen. The caption was like retweet if you can run faster than Landry Jones, and like genuinely, people retweeted it with like they they fully believed it. Well, here's here's the thing. Landry Jones looks like when he's running, it looks like every fat, obese uh, middle school gym teacher yeah. that everyone has jokes about. Mm, yeah, that's very true. Oh, I, I remember now. I can't believe I forgot. Jameis Winston, uh, you know, because we're Jameis Winston LASIK podcast. LASIK Jameis, yes, baby. LASIK Jameis. He, I mean, I've, look, I've seen the memes out there. It's like Jameis when he finally realizes that um, the other team wears different colors. And it was like the one of him, like he was like, like looks surprised. And he realizes there's there's actually linebackers. Yeah, exactly. There, there's not the part of my eight team. people there's playing. Like, there's eleven players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, that's where the linebackers are. So, Jameis could be incredible. Not if only this is what is not only that, but he also went through meniscus. He he had a meniscus surgery because mm-hmm. it timed up well. Because when you're when you do LASIK eye surgery, like you obviously can't really do anything else. Like you're he, you know he's rocking the the deeply tinted shades and. And um, so that's a perfect time to get meniscus surgery to start rehabbing on that. I mean, I just, I still, I genuinely don't understand why there are guys talking about like, oh, he's probably worth 20, 25 million. Like you believe that let him hit the open market. Cause I guarantee at least 10 teams will be willing to give him 30 to 35 million. I think there's a good chance of that. I'll, I'll take him on the Patriots. I don't mind. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just like, he's a young guy. He's 26. Yep. He's got at least like now with what we've seen with quarterbacks, he's got 13 years probably left. You, you, I'm not gonna say minimum, probably 10 minimum. He'd at yeah, least get to 10. 36 years old. Yeah, um, a healthy yeah, so he's he's getting into his prime right now, and you're I would I would much rather bet on a guy and bet on the idea that he just had a bad year because this was first year over 20 picks, much yep. less getting to 30. Mm-hmm. So it's like may like I just it doesn't I don't know. 
like it, there's there's a really good chance it's an anomaly and people are just saying oh well quarterbacks get paid too much anyways well yeah there's a good reason yeah the best quarterback in the league won the super bowl this year like i mean i would love to see him under bruce arians for another year yeah. it doesn't necessarily sound like that's going to happen based on arians comments at the end of the year that if if i can win with this guy i can well, win with so anyone. so we had james we had james 101 on the podcast that he he broke it down for us and apparently he didn't say it as a dig towards Jameis. Like, he was just saying ah. that more as, like, a belief in the overall group of the team. The thing, the thing is, the, the reason why I would think that Jameis isn't going back to the Bucks is that Phillip Rivers just moved to Florida. And what other Florida team needs a, a proven starter besides Tampa Bay? Well, Miami could use it. Like, think if they paired Miami. Miami could. Well, no, but Miami with Tua. So you give yeah. you give uh, you give Rivers and Rivers Tua? a year. Well, you give Rivers a year. Tua can fully because we don't know. Obviously, he still right. has question marks on his on his hip. Because I think the the scan came back fine. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. he's cleared to to do combine stuff. How much of it he'll do, we don't know. Right. But I think whoever gets Tua is going to need a bridge quarterback, and maybe they think Fitzpatrick's good enough to, to be that. But if they want an upgrade and maybe make a push for you know going. Six and ten, seven and nine, maybe put Rivers in there. You could do a lot worse than Philip Rivers as a bridge quarterback. I mean, oh, if yeah. I told you two years ago, yeah, Philip Rivers is going to be your bridge guy, you'd be like, who's coming next? Is yeah. it second coming of John Elway or something? Yeah, like that. I don't know. I the the thing that gets me still is, um, I was looking at there's just a bunch. It was probably like five or six that I've read of like they'd rank the top free agents, mm-hmm. and every time it was Philip Rivers over Jameis Winston. Like I, the pure right the pure me. fact that's that you're right. gonna get like who Philip Rivers could be like Eli Manning yeah. next year. He yeah. could. Yep. He could. Like he could also turn back the clock, but he had a lot of things going for him. Austin Eckler was going off the first six mm-hmm. weeks of the season. Uh he had a decent offensive line, some great pass catchers, and a pretty solid defense. But I think he had what was it four or five interceptions where he his team had the ball down by a possession. And they were driving down the field, and he threw a pick in the yep. game. And people would get after Jameis for that. And he only did it three times, I think, compared to four or five. I don't know. Very, very interesting to see. But yeah, in in the coming months, we'll uh, we'll we'll get into more of this free agent stuff. Maybe talk to some people who've who've got some insiders. Yep. Uh, see if we can figure out what's going on here. Not us. Yeah, not yeah. You got Schefter coming on the well, podcast yet? I, I hope so. I've I've been DMing him. We'll <laughs> okay. see if he responds. Just everyone tweet at Adam Schefter. Say come on, Adam come Schefter. on the Knock and Lie podcast. Yeah, there exactly. I'll do that right after. We'll get we'll get enough we'll get enough traction on it. So hopefully he'll he'll see it. Uh, but yeah, I think it's gonna do it for this week's episode. Be sure to tune in for more NFL draft coverage. Maybe some more baseball. I don't know. We'll see. This this may be we may be one and done here with baseball. I don't know. You never know with their let PGA me exposure. let me look at the numbers. Let me see where the where the numbers lie on this podcast. So we might have to have you guys on again. But yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week.